man, I've been to more, I've been to more funerals than I've been to graduations. I've been to more funerals than I've been to baby showers, weddings. Man, I lost, I can't even count how much people I lost in the span of the, in, the, in the span of 10 years. Welcome to another edition of the Lakers Locker Room. I'm your co-host, Tejon Graham. Alongside me is my guy, the one, the only, Mr. Jason Little. Jason, how are you doing today, man? Great, great, fantastic. Today we got another good one for you guys. Man, I'm excited for this one. It's a former teammate, friend, big brother away from home. Please welcome to the Lakers Locker Room, Jerice Kazumba. Jerice, how are you doing today, man? Live on locations, man. This is going to be the best one I'm playing right now. This is going to be the best <laughs> Yes, sir. How y'all doing? Doing good, man. Hey, before we get started, man, I just want to congratulate you again on the birth of your daughter. Congratulations, 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 yeah, man. Appreciate you. Well, on topic of that, Jerry's got a couple questions to start off the uh, podcast with. So, you know, having a daughter, how's that, uh, you know, what's what was the, the step for you, you know? The transition, was it difficult? Talk to me about that. When I found out having a daughter, I cried, bro. I cried because Coach Corey kept bothering me. Everyone kept bothering me. Saying, You're going to be the first one in your family to have a girl. So when I found out, I, I, I'm going to be with you. I'm like, I need a boy, man. I can't have a daughter. I'm too soft. I'm going to give her the world. And then when I saw her for the first time, I was like, I became a little puppy, man. I just fainted. And I was like, yo, like this girl is so beautiful. And then now just growing up and just watching her grow, it's like, it's the greatest feeling ever. Like, it's like hitting that game when it's shot. But a real life that's with you all the time. Like, I literally watch her grow every day. And I'm just like, wow, like, it is amazing. She just gave me a new purpose. Like, I traded my basketball shoes to be the best father ever. Yeah. That's my new purpose now. And do you find that having a daughter's kind of changed any, like, views on, you know, the world, life? Yeah, man, a- you know, girls are superheroes, man. We need girls in our lives. Girls are superheroes. They change our perspective in life, man. So I'm happy I have a daughter. That's like, awesome, man. Like, Congratulations. Thank you, bro. What has been the biggest thing you learned about yourself since being a father? I'm not tough. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm not tough, man. She cries and she looks at me with a little puppy dog eyes. And I'm just like, man, what you want, man? <laughs> like, come on. Man, I'm not tough, but like, I'm learning every day. Every day I'm learning something new. I'm learning that this, this little girl is, whatever I do, whatever, is, is, that's, that's what she's going to be. I'm going to mold to somebody amazing, so. Yeah, I'm not I'm not as tough as I thought I would be. That's fantastic, man. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about the NBA. Obviously, you know, the biggest news in the NBA <laughs> right now is that <laughs> James Harden got traded to the Brooklyn Nets in a blockbuster 14 deal. What was your reaction when you found out about the trade and how do you think it'll work out in Brooklyn? I knew I knew he was gonna get traded. I didn't think he's gonna go to the Nets. I didn't think they're gonna cave the way they cave, especially they didn't even get who I thought they would have got. Like if I'm a GM. I'm getting Joe Harris. I'm getting Karis LeVert. I'm getting Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm getting uh, Therion Prince. I'm getting and multiple picks. For what they got, I was like, man, that was a terrible trade. James James Harden is, he punked out, man. But then again, he did what he did. He was there for 10 years. He did a lot. But I didn't like it, man. And I hate the NBA right now because, like, I'm betting. So every game is a blowout. Every game I bet is a blowout game. So I'm losing a lot of money. But I wasn't happy about that trade, man. And it's if if you, if they don't win this year, then it's a bust. They have to win this year. Like they have to win. They have to do it. You think they're beating the Lakers? I don't. LeBron, Le, LeBron, the guy knows how to adapt every time. But Kevin Durant is scripting thing. We seen what Kevin Durant does to LeBron. So that's like, 
I'm worried about I'm worried about Kevin Durant. Everybody else, they can be contained, but that guy Kevin Durant, man. Who do you think is gonna have to sacrifice the most to make it work? Do you think it's Matthew Harden or Kyrie? It's gonna be Harden, man. For this to work, Harden has to sacrifice. Like Harden has to be the third wheel. Because Kyrie, Kyrie's a big dog. Kyrie didn't come to Brooklyn to be a they call him my Alfred right now. They're not even calling him a Robin. They call him my Alfred. So Kyrie didn't come to Brooklyn to be a little people. Kyrie and Kyrie's a bull. That's a, he's a bull, man. So Harden got to sacrifice. If Harden don't sacrifice, this ain't gonna work. Anyways, let's talk a bit about last season. You know, we finished with the eight and fourteen record. We barely missed the playoffs. What were your expectations going into the season, and how did they differ from the actual results? We finished eight and fourteen. Yes. It was. A, it was a nine. It was a nine. Uh, four, it was a nine. No, it was eight and fourteen. Ah, <laughs> uh, Lee, man. <laughs> last year, man, oh, Lee, man. Uh, last year was a movie. And we I'll never forget, I'll never forget the first our first preseason game. Oh god. We played, we played who we played. We played Waterloo. Was it Waterloo we played first? Yeah, Waterloo. Yeah. We Waterloo yeah. first. I'm not gonna say Waterloo. You know what? You know how I am. I'm very outspoken. Waterloo wasn't a good team, in my opinion. <laughs> I didn't think Waterloo was a good team. And when we got slapped to Waterloo, I was like, damn, we lost by 30 to these guys? <laughs> oh, this is going to be a long, long season. And then we played, uh, who did we play after that? We played Western. Western, Western. Yeah. don't get me started with Western. <laughs> we, boy, we lost by, was it 50? 50. <laughs> was it 50? It was 50. We lost, we lost by 50 to Western. My lord, I was like, yo, this is gonna be a long, long season. I'm not used to losing like this, but golly, this is gonna be a this is gonna be worse than last year. <laughs> Man, it was gonna be a long season. My expectation, I, my expectation, you know how I am. I'm I'm very confident. I told everybody that we're going to the playoffs. Like even even when we lost those two games, I'm like, we're going to the playoffs. Like, this is just a stepping stone. Like, we don't even know who we are yet. We're just trying to figure each other out. New rookies, but like we're still trying to figure out Coach Corey. I got a lot about that guy. <laughs> we'll Coach Corey. That. And the system. So I'm like, don't worry about this. My my expectations were high. In my last year, I said, we're, we're going to the playoffs. That was my expectation. We're going to the playoffs. And I, I really, I really, I really believed in that. I really thought we we're going to go there. I know Teja was probably going to ask this, but I'm probably going to, I'm just going to ask it now. You being, you know, you're one of the older farts on the team, you know, uh, and then having to deal with guys like me and Tejon. I mean, when we first played, I was 17. Tejon, you were what, 18, 19? 19. So how was that, you know, having to deal with a pretty young squad for two years, not everything there? The first year, you, I think you were the youngest there. It's only you that was yeah. young. We only have yeah. one, we only have one. And I said, I told everybody, I said, Jason's nice. If Jason didn't get hurt, Jason got hurt too early, so we couldn't even see the real Jason. And then the year after, man, I hated you guys. I hate all you guys. All the young boys hate them. The Tejan, uh, all the young guys. I'm like, man, these these young these are puppies, man. These are straight out of high school. These are like little puppies. We we, we can't win with these guys. And then to see the heart every day. These guys can practice. I push these guys. They push me. Like Chief, Chief, hey man, the Chiefs, the Danny. Those guys, those guys would be better, man. Even Tejan, I used to get Tejan every day. I used to literally get at Tejan every single day. Did you? What? And the crazy thing about Tejan, <laughs> I would literally have to strangle Tejan. We're going to have a good practice. Me and Tejan had an altercation in the locker room. The next day, Tejan goes off at practice. I'm like, Tejan, I'm going to beat you up every day for you to play good, bro. Like, I got a tough number. Like, I, I don't know, man. I just, I, 
Learn lots from you guys, though. I mean, seriously, you guys kind of shaped the character I am now because, again, I was so young and having to just play with the older guys. It was, hey, learn lots. Maturity was crazy. So, took a lot out of it for sure. Yeah. Hey, it's only right that since you're here, man, I got to show you this clip. It was a, ba a made basket. Downtown for three. No rebound. Oh, it's a legendary moment. Great hops. <laughs> yeah. And who else was Kazuba, who's yeah. played terrific defense defense yeah, today? Actually, I'm sorry. this ball, but that thing was going up. Regardless. That's a that, that big three. This is going up. That's a huge one. We needed those commentators screaming bang right when you hit that. That was crazy. <laughs> what was going through your head when you take me through that whole play, man? What was going through your head? I was so mad because that was our worst. That was my worst week of practice. So I was so mad that week because we lost. I lost every game I practiced. And I remember driving back with the twins and wait, Marshawn and Marshawn and Quinn. And, sorry, Shannon, you guys know my Shannon. Shannon and Quinn. And I'm like, yo, bro, like I can't freaking win. And then Coach Corey keeps coming in the in the, the stupid uh, therapy room and getting at me saying, ah, loser, loser, loser. <laughs> and I told, and then every day, every day after practice, I would stay in the gym and I was shooting that same spot because I couldn't, I, miss, I think I missed a buzz beat in that same spot. So every day after practice, I'll shoot, I'll shoot like, I'll, I'll make five in a row before I leave the gym. And then I told Chief before the game, I you could ask Chief this, I said, Chief, I'm going to hit a big shot this weekend. He said, really? I'm like, watch, I'm going to hit a big shot this weekend. So then when I when I when I see me going out lane, Coach Corey told me Coach Corey waved me through, Coach Sean went run about the shaver. I said, hell no, I'm shooting this thing. I think it came in my hand, I let that go. And and, and it was and and Kobe died the week. I think Kobe passed away the week before. So that that's Sunday, yeah. Yeah, that Sunday. So that big shot was was big for me. And because I'm like, hey, that was a Kobe moment for me, because that's the mama mentality. I'm letting yeah. that rip. I don't give a damn. I'm letting that I'm letting that thing fly. It was crucial too because remember Guelph was just ahead of us for the playoffs, so we had to beat them. You had to beat them. Yep. I'm so mad at you yourself. But you know, fast forward to our last game against UFT, where we got the win. What was going through your head knowing this was going to be your last game, and how fulfilling was it knowing that it was in Toronto, so you got to do it in front of your family and friends? Bro, you know what's crazy about that day? I popped my shoulder. First, the second play. What is in the second play? I went for a screen. We both hit each other. Me and one of the players hit, hit our shoulders, and my, my shoulder popped. So I couldn't even shoot the ball. But I was just so hyped on it. Like, what the, I was just so hyped. And I'm like, yo, bro, like, there's no way I'm not playing this game. But I remember, I remember I even shot the ball, and I'm like, yo, I can't even shoot the ball. Like, I literally can't shoot the ball. I'm just going to play defense. Man, that was, a, that was an emotional day for me, man. I was like, man, I'm playing in front of my family, my last game, my last university game. I'm not ready for this to be over, man. I wasn't ready for it to be over, but then in the back of my mind, I'm just like, I really hope Guelph loses. <laughs> like, that's what I was thinking about. I'm like, I really hope Guelph loses so we can keep this thing going because I didn't want that to be our last game. And I honestly thought we're good. I, I really thought we're going to the playoffs, man. So when we when I was our last game, we won and we found out we're not going to the playoffs. I was like, I was like, man, this is this this sucks, man. Like, I'm gonna tell you one thing, man enjoy these years because they go by so fast. I'll never forget when my coach told me that when I was in Juco. My coach told me, oh, enjoy these years because they go by so fast. But I'm 25 right now. I don't even know where time went. I have a daughter for God's sake. I'm a father. Like I'm like, where the hell did time even go? Like, So I'm going to tell you, I enjoy these years because, boy, you, you don't get these years back, man. 
I can tell that weekend meant a lot to you. Just, you know, being in the hotel room with you. I can tell you didn't show it, but I can tell how much it meant to you knowing that you got to end it where it started in a way, which was kind of, it was kind of cool in a way that it ended where you started. I was enjoying every moment, man. I said, I, ain't, ain't nobody going to ruin my day today. This is my last play. It's my last. I'm going to enjoy every single moment. I live in the moment, though, man. Mm. So everything was fun. Even shoot our last film was fun. Like everything we did was just fun. I'm like, I'm like going out to the hotel where my last, even, even when I was in the bus, I teared up. I don't even cry, but I teared up. I'm like, I'm in the bus, listen to my music. I'm like, damn, man, this is it, G. Five years, man, this is it. Like, it's been a, it's been a long ride, bro, but it's finally over. Now, so, question regarding, you know, the, like, the end of it all, you know, after it's been done, I've asked most of the athletes on here about it, you know, uh, kind of that identity crisis that a lot of people will face once it's like it's over what I what you know you're no longer an athlete as per se right because you're not playing you know how, how did you take it what was going through your mind after it was all over you know see my thing is coach Corey's uh this 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 is why I say coach we'll talk about that when you guys ask about coach Corey well coach Corey always challenged me and he always told me basketball is basketball is not everything like I know a lot of people want to go pro and continue playing basketball afterwards but it's basketball is not everything and then, thank God I was at a good community out, like, outside that was guiding me. Because I knew after I was done this, I was going to social work. And I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm going to get a career that's going to take care of me and my family. So, like, I always knew that even though I don't have basketball no more, I still have – I still – people still – I am. And I'm not a bas- – I'm not just known as a basketball player. I'm known as Drees. Like, mm-hmm. he's, just, he's a funny person. Like, he just, he just knows what – he's not a vibe with everybody. So, I knew I was going to be all right after basketball. The first month – the first month was weird. Not playing basketball, like, man, this is weird, man. I don't have practice. I don't have none. And then, and then when you get in the groove of things, it became normal. What were some What were some of your best memories about your final season? The locker room, man. <laughs> <laughs> Knew it. We have the We have the best locker room. There'll be times where literally practice is over, and we're there until like eleven o'clock. Like, cool, we gotta come and kick us out. We just practiced for three hours. We're not even supposed to practice that lot. We just practiced for three hours. Coach Corey coming and kick us out. And then and then practice, man. Practice was fun because we we kept we kept stats. I made this thing up like, hey, every drill means something. And even though we you know we all owe Shaver money, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> We're not getting into that. <laughs> so every every drill, every drill meant something. So we went hard because you know, like you gotta be a top dog, you gotta be top five in the win category. Cause if you're not, hey, I'm gonna get at you. You touched on it just now, but I'm um, looking back at it now. How did your relationship with Coach Corey evolve from the beginning of the season to the end and even to today? I hated that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I hated Coach Corey when I first met Coach Corey. Man, holy, I'll never forget this day. Uh, I, had a, I had a job. I had a job that, and I was, I was out of contract, and I was supposed to be there for three more days. And when I mean the money was good, the money was good. And I, and I messaged Coach Corey, but this is me thinking as this is me being a young a young kid. I'm, I messaged Coach Corey. I said, Coach Corey, I know training camp starts tomorrow, but can I come three days late? And then he's like, he's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, hey, I have a job right now. I got a contract, and I come three days late because I really want to make this money to be able to afford rent. This guy told me, hey man, do what you gotta do, but I don't even see you making the team. This is what this guy told me, and I'm like. You guys know my ego, my pride. I said, who the heck is this guy talking about? Like, you know, I see who's on the team. Who is this guy talking about? 
Who's really better? I'm like, you can't even five players better than me on this team. What's this guy talking about? I'm like, I don't even know this guy. So I'm upset about that. I'm like, I show my girl, I'm like, yo, look what this guy is saying. This guy is saying he's going to cut me. He's like, man, right now I see you being the 18 man on the team. I said, this guy's tripping. So that was my first encounter with Coach Curry. So I didn't rock with Coach Curry. I'm on the messenger right now. He just hit me up to his display. I'm like, I didn't rock with this guy at all. And then, and afterwards, me and Coach Curry got to build a relationship. I got to really get to know him very well. And he got to know me. And then I went from hating this guy to this guy being one of my favorite coaches of all time. Like Coach Curry is like an amazing person. Like not even, not even just a basketball coach. He's just an amazing person. Like we had, we had a situation one time. I, one of our players lost one of his closest friends. And then we went out to eat and Coach Corey pulled up. And we literally sat at that restaurant from one o'clock to five o'clock. And we just talked the whole time. And he just told us about his life. And we, he got to know who I was as a person. I got to know him as a person. And then from that day on, I'm like, hey, I'll run through all for this man right here. Cause he genuinely cares about us. And even mm-hmm. when I told him I'm having a daughter, he gave me the biggest hug and he said, hey man, life begins now. He's like, your life begins now. This basketball stuff, it's cool and all, but I'm going to push you every day to make sure that you are the greatest father ever. So Coach Corey has all my respect. If Coach Corey calls me and tell me, I need you to come to North Bay and take care of some stuff for me, I'm going to North Bay right away, man. That's, that's, that's how much I love that guy. Man, that guy's an amazing person. And not even just a coach, just an amazing person. I wish I had him for, for five years. I mean, my career would have been so different if I had that guy for that long. Mm-hmm. Uh. And, I th- and I think that's the best thing about Coach Corey, too, is that he finds a way to connect to all his players in some type of way. Like some, everyone's different, but he just finds a way to connect with you. It can be like such anything. a versatile guy for real. Yeah, like, seriously. Like and that's probably great strength. He understands the culture. Like he, he's a dope person, man. That's the thing. And then you said the best. He understand I relate because when someone can relate to you, you don't gotta fake the funk, man. You don't. Got, you can be yourself. Like that guy is just relatable. He's just a good dude, cool dude. So I like going through a lot. Genuine guy, man. Genuine. I never met someone so genuine like him. Like, yeah, I saw him genuine. I'm like, yo, like, and he's just, he loves basketball. Like, mm-hmm. I tell him, like, yo, bro, like, we just had a three day practice. You trying to practice again? Like, man, I'm trying to go home. I'm tired. Come on, bro. But, and he doesn't BS you either. Like, he tells you straight up. Like, he's not going to sugarcoat. And that's the crazy thing I like about him. Like, a lot of players don't like to be, a lot of players don't like the truth. That's, I, a lot of players don't like the truth. A lot of players can't handle the truth. But when that guy told me, and I think about me, if you challenge me and you tell me I'm not good, holy, okay, I'm gonna come at you every single day. Every day I'm gonna come at you. But that's that's but that's why I know why they're making a life. I'm not making a life. I mean, I I'm doing pretty well in my life right now. I said I know why they're making my the basketball because I was lazy, but I didn't work hard enough. I was last in sprints. <laughs> I just I just made the times. I, like I, if I worked harder, I think things would be different. And that guy's good at push and pushing you. Like he challenges you in different ways, like which is amazing. And on and off the court too, right? Like on and off the court, man. he will call me every time. And literally, there's to be times I didn't even do nothing. He'll call me and be like, "Hey, wow, you weren't loud enough in practice. Your energy wasn't good enough." And I'm like, "Dude, there's there's nine other people in here. Why the heck do you need my energy for?" <laughs> like, hey, you know what you bring to the table. We need that energy every day. So, so I remember you were telling me back in the day you were. Was it top 50 and was it North America or? I was, a, I was a household name for a little bit. Man was a hooper. What was he averaging like 50 points a game and Father Henry Carr? No, not a not a car. Oh, <laughs> car was when the real ballers came out, man. Oh, okay. Not that okay. same age. Okay. My, my great tenure, I went crazy, man. I was averaging 48. 
I was averaging 40. I got, I got the footage and everything to show that. I was averaging 48 points. High school is a movie, man. Yeah, what were some of your best memories playing high school basketball? My last year of high school was going was at Carr. Man, we probably played more. We played more games than any university team I've been on. <laughs> we played 65 games that year. Holy. <laughs> That's like an NBA season. <laughs> and we lost. We, I think we lost six times that whole year. Yeah, we man. Carr? We went to South Carolina, BC. Uh, what else? South Carolina, BC. We went everywhere. I don't even remember. We just went everywhere. Every big tournament, we were in it. Our, our tracks, our, our, our tracks were better than Nip tracks. <laughs> I like, did that. The Jordan, right? No, we were Nike at the time. Okay. Man, high school was a movie, man. It's like, they, they see university give me the best time of your life. Man. But, uh, it, it, university's dope. Don't be wrong. University's dope because you get to meet a lot of people. Right. I mean, not like me. You know I mean? A lot of girls. Hey, not before the wife. <laughs> like, hey, man. Hey, university's fun. But uh, high school? High school's a movie because you, you, you're, like, even J- just you know, because you know, you're, you're the man, you're the man on your team. Yeah. Like, no matter what, you don't have to worry about scouting report, you don't have to worry about all that stuff because you just know that you got, you're playing this guy, you know who this guy is, but you know, but they know who you are and what you can do. Yeah. And you know the ball's going to be in your hands and you know you're going to play like, pretty much going to play the whole game. You're here, man. So I got to do it. You know, fast forward to your fifth year, 2014. You guys in the Officer Quad A Championship game. Man, when I say that game was it, Humbert, I've never saw Humbert gym that packed before for a high school game. Really? Ever. No, nah, but it was on City TV. I ever, it you was on City TV. That's crazy. I didn't even know but that. I was still on City TV. But, anyways, you guys go up against Oakwood, who had Jason's best friend, Russell yeah, Baker. Shameless plug, Russell Baker. <laughs> and, and you and you auto a standout Calvin Epistola. And you guys yeah. lost by a basket. Bro, they had. Talk to me about that game, man. The crazy thing is about that day, man. I'll be real with you guys. We were so happy to play Oakwood. Why? We were scared, we were scared of save mics. Oh, yeah. You we were scared of save mics. And that's, and me as a basketball player, I'm not scared of anybody. You're, if you're a hooper, I'm a hooper. We're going to hoop. But save mics? Oh, my goodness. Those guys were those guys were Golden State Warriors of high school. Those guys could have missed threes. So when we found out, so when we found out Oakwood, I think Oakwood beat save mics. Someone beat save mics. Someone upset the save mics. So we found out we're playing Oakwood. So we just beat Oakwood in the... We just be open to see Mike's tournament. So I was so happy to play Oakwood. I'm like, man, we're playing Oakwood. We match up well with these guys. We're beating these guys. It's Oakwood. We're beating these guys. That's what we thought in Lockham. We're breaking the curse. We're beating Oakwood. Because the big Henry Carr curse, like, they can't win an offset. So we play Oakwood. So we're so we're we're training. I remember I remember, I remember that last week. We're just we're shooting free throws. And me, and my point guard, one of my best friends to this day, we're we're shooting free throws. And I'm like, yo, watch, it's gonna come down to you making two free throws for us to win the game, bro. And then he's like, nah, don't put that pressure on me, bro. You know I can't hate free throws. I said, bro, that's what we're here right now, making these 100 free throws before this weekend. Boy, he came on to one. He got fouled. He missed two free throws. Two free throws. And the crazy thing is that was the lowest game. That was the lowest high school game ever. The score was 38-39. Like, 38-39. That was the final score. They won my, they, they had 39, we had 38. Man, I cried so much because that was my last game. I'm like, man. I wanted it so bad. I never wanted something so bad in my life. I wanted that win so freaking bad. And it, Russ will tell you, Russ played bad that game. <laughs> like, Russ played bad. Chauvin played bad. Uh, they have Brody Clark too. Brody played bad. All those guys played bad. It was a horrible game for all of us. 
and we lost. And I'm like, man, I, I hated Humber. I, hate, I didn't want to go back to Humber after that day. But when y'all, start, when y'all start playing high school basketball, you know what the heck happened. It changed so much, bro. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask you. Like, you know, your last year was like the last year where everyone stayed in high school. Like, wherever home high school you were at, that's where you went. And then as soon as, you know, Jason and I got to grade nine, so September 2014, that's when prep, like, really took off. That's when the OSBA was created. You know, that first year was the year Jamal Murray was in Orangeville Prep. Then you obviously went to Kentucky. And, pro- and prep was as prominent as it was back then when you played as it is now. Would you have gone to prep or would you have stayed at a car? You know, it was a crazy thing. I was supposed to go to, I was supposed to go to uh, prep school my grade 10 year, which one of the mistakes I ever did, one of the mistakes I ever done. Uh, I think it was, I forgot what the school was. Uh, the school in Pittsburgh, they're really good too. I forgot what they're called. I was supposed to go to prep my grade 10 year and I decided not to go. So I was, I was going to be in the States the whole time anyway. I said, nah, I'm, I'm going to stay here, which I should never done. I should, I wish I went, but. Prep was a good thing and a bad thing because a lot of my friends went prepping and got screwed over. You know what I mean? Because a lot of pro, a lot a lot of preps are not, are not real programs. Like a lot of parents don't even know where to send their kids at. Some schools wouldn't even schools. You know what I mean? So I don't think I would have went to prep. I think I probably would have just stayed, unless it was like an, an acknowledged school, like a St. Benedict's or like a even Finley Prep wasn't a, a real school, but you know still known and playing or Montverde, like a big time school. Then I would be like, yeah, I'll go, but. Was it pre- like so for me? I mean, I didn't even really find out about prep school until like my grade ten year, and so pretty late. When I found out, I hefty price tag behind going to some of those schools. I don't know if it's been like that the whole time, or yeah, it's always been like that. And if and if you weren't and if you weren't a guy, then you're paying a full price. Like if you weren't a guy, then you they'll make you pay like forty thousand dollars U.S. Yeah. Basketball, I knew basketball was a business after the 10th grade, and I knew these guys, these coaches are making money off kids, and I'm like, yo, this is crazy, man. You you coaches are actually making money off kids and don't even feel a way about it, and you guys are going home with your, and knowing that you just took this much money from a kid, and, and that's probably going to set them up for failure. Yeah. Do you like how prep basketball developed players, or do you think it kind of stunts it in a way because, you know, obviously now with social media and that ranking systems, you know, people are just so predicated off just, you know, athleticism and dunking, but they don't actually take the time to actually learn the basics. So do you think prep basketball maybe stunts growth or or develops it properly? Like, what do you think? It depends. Once again, it depends who you're at. Because prep, prep don't mean nothing, man. If you, if for, for you to be a good basketball, you got to invest time in yourself. It doesn't matter what program you're in. So it doesn't matter what prep school you're at. It's, it's, about, it's all about you. Like, if you want to be good, you got to invest time. Because you got to literally invest. If you don't invest time, then it don't matter. You can make you can you can have the balance everything, but if you ain't gonna invest your time, there's no point. Because that's what I learned. I'm, I learned it don't matter where you go, it doesn't matter what school you at, who you are. If you're nice, they're gonna find you. They're mm-hmm. gonna hear about you somehow. And you're gonna go somewhere and destroy. If you're nice, they're literally gonna find you, and you're gonna be the guy. There's a lot of guys like we. I played Grayson Allen, for example. Grayson Allen when I went to South Carolina, I went to uh, South Carolina for the what term it was what we see a guy named Grayson Allen I had no idea who the heck Grayson Allen was he had no idea who we were but we're coming from Father Henry Carr and then he's coming from a big prep school I think he went to Providence then I was yeah. we're playing Grayson Allen not knowing who the heck this guy is that's what I mean when they're nice they're gonna find you every coach was there for Grayson because Grayson Allen already signed to Duke but I mean we don't know who this guy is this guy signed to Duke and I'm like like yo why are all these coaches here for this game like who are they looking? Because I know they weren't looking at none of us. None of us have the grades. <laughs> a, lot of us, a lot of us are going to Juco. So I'm like, 
I'm like, I, I know it ain't here for me because I, I, I already signed. I'm ready. I'm ready to go to Jugal. I already signed. I'm, everything. I'm good. I'm going to Jugal. Man, I mean, after that game, a lot of the one, a lot of men made it where, where, where won the titles because of that game. I'm like, oh, it, it just takes, it just takes one game and one person to trust you, and for you to work hard. That's all it takes. It doesn't matter what prep school you at, man, what program you at. It takes one person to believe in you. That one person believes in you. Hey, man, and you believe in yourself, and you, and you, and you work. Don't matter where you go, bro. So I don't even care about prep. That's all to all these kids now. I don't even care about prep. I don't care what program you're at. Just work your butt off. And if you're nice, they're going to find you, bro. Like what you've been hearing so far? Make sure to follow us on IG at Lakers Locker Room and subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're at it, where you can find clips of all our episodes and video content associated with the podcast. Part two of the Lakers Locker Room starts now. So I want to get into a deeper conversation. So, you know, getting to know you last year, you know, I, I learned that unfortunately, you know, you lost your mother in high school. If you could put into words, you know, what that time was like for you and give us insights to your personal struggles with mental health after that. Man, I remember that day like it was yesterday. I don't even know why every time someone passed away, it rained so damn hard. So I'm walking, I remember, I remember leaving high school. I'm, I don't know why I left high school early. So I'm leaving high school. And then I just got off the streetcar and I see a, I see a whole bunch of, ambulance in front of my building and in my head like some you just get this this weird tingling feeling in your body and i'm like man my like, yo please 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 don't be one of my peoples that's what i can tell myself and then i finally get to my building and then i see the uh the ambulance stuff all their the equipment and gear and i'm like so i go in my house and then i see the ambulance there they're all they're looking at me and they're and my brother and i'm like i look at my brother i'm like yo what, like, what's going on bro why are you guys people here and my brother's like, yo, go see for yourself. And I'm like, let me go see for myself. What's going on, bro? Talk to me. And I walk into my mom's room and I see my mom is on the floor. She just, she's not there no more. And I'm like, I couldn't believe it. So I'm yelling, I'm yelling, I'm yelling. I'm yelling, mommy, wake up, wake up, wake up. And she's ain't waking up. So I remember I was going crazy. And then my brother, thank God for having an amazing older brother. He pulled me into the room and he's like, and my brother's my brother, my brother's strongest guy. My brother's strongest man I know in my life, man. My brother's fit. My brother's 17 at the time. I'm 15. But 17, my brother pulled me to the side. He said, listen, if we can overcome this right here, we can overcome anything. So like we're gonna say like, this, this is our new motivation now. We have two lower brothers to look after. It's me and you now. We got we 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 gotta keep pushing, man. We can't stop. And then I lost my mom, man. That's like that's like the first, that's like my first lady, like my first support system, like person I told her everything like the person taught me how to dress told me how to play basketball so it was hard man I meant to help they talk about mental health it's, it's it's tough so I got a therapist which a lot of I, I advocate to all my people is get a therapist get someone that you could talk to because this is 10 years ago I could finally talk about it now without even tearing without even being sad about it because I got professional hope so I went to a therapist we talked every day and then I was so angry man and she asked she asked me no more questions She's like why are you so mad I'm like, what do you mean why am I so mad? You know where I come from. You know what happened to me. Like, she's like, okay, why are you so mad? And I told her. And she's like, listen, all this anger is just gonna, just gonna destroy you mentally. So you can't be mad. There's so much to live for. Like your mom is still here. Like everything you go through, the, the little things you do now, it's that that's your mom's energy. That's your mom's spirit, that's your mom's strength. So then hearing that was like hearing that perspective, when she put that perspective in my head, I'm like, you know what? 
I never lost my mom. She's always going to be here. So when I, so even when I have my daughter now, I can see the little things she does and I can see like how I parent her. Like little things that I do now, my mom did for me. So and mental health is real, bro. Like, but you, you can't, you can't deal with it unless you actually deal with it. Like by dealing with it is getting help, changing your environment, like actually speaking out to people. And once you can do that and you can overcome that, I talk about all the time, nothing bothers me. Nothing bothers me, nothing can stop me. Anything I want, I'm gonna go get because I've been through a storm and I rallied it. The storm hit me already. The storm hit me 10 years ago and I destroyed that storm. I said, all right, you got my biggest supporter. You, you got me. I was down. I was stressed. I was down, depressed, all that. But I said, nah, I'm not gonna let this. I'm not gonna let this affect my whole life. So that's my that's that's my that's my view on mental health, man. I I advocate to everybody get professional help, find a therapist that you truly like, and then most importantly, change your environment. Those two things will will change your life, man, in a big way. You're the first person to actually discuss changing your environment and. Now that you say that, I would, that is probably actually one of the most important things I'd say. A lot of people have that, um, they kind of get attached and too stuck with a certain environment, certain people who really is just negatively affecting their lives. Yeah. So, yeah that's, wow. I come from one of the, I come, y'all know where I come from. I come from one of the worst hoods in the, in old Toronto, man. And I, I seen people that are way better than me in basketball that the neighborhood took them this way, but my, my environment, my community, my people that my supporters cast took me this way. I could have went this way easy. This going this way, going left, it's the easiest way to go, man. Especially when you got none there, you don't have no guidance. But change your environment is the biggest thing you can ever do for yourself. You know, while you're away at school, I think you told me it was Division Two. You told me, I remember last you told me that one of your, you know, closest cousins you were close to that passed away. What was that time like for you? Man, I've been to more. I've been to more funerals than I've been to graduations. I've been to more funerals and I've been to baby showers, weddings. Man, I lost. I can't even count how much people I lost in the span of the, in, the, in the span of ten years. So, just losing my closest friends to me is 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 tough. But unfortunately, this is this shouldn't even be life. That's what people and I hear. But I hear a lot of these these young kids are talking about these young rappers are talking about the streets, and I'm like, hey man, the streets is terrible. There's nothing good that comes out of the streets. They're going out. We're not made to be in the streets or stay in the streets, man. We're made to have like, like we're made to have families and, and go on vacations and like, have have beautiful experiences, see different different scenery. We're not made to just stay in the streets and just see these. There's no Toronto, man. Like that's what these kids are are confused about, man. They think the street stuff is fun. I'm like, yo, I'm from the streets. There's nothing good about being from the street. There's nothing good about it. I hated it. But one thing I knew, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna use, I'm gonna use this as my motivation to get out and never go back. That's my goal, like, yeah, and that's and that's the whole. And if you're from the hood, you know that's the goal. Like, you're, you're here for a little bit and you're supposed to get out. You're not supposed to stay there and idolize it. I don't like the hood. I don't like that I'm from the hood. I wish, I wish my parents had money. I wish I was from the suburbs or, or closer to the suburbs. I wish I never knew nothing about the streets. But immigrant family managed that's all they knew when they came back you think my daughter's ever gonna know about the streets or the struggle that i went through she ain't never gonna have to know about the struggle that i went through i ain't never gonna worry about that because i'm gonna show her like hey listen your dad and mom are some educated people and they both come from struggling parts of life and you ain't gonna go through that you're gonna experience adversity hell yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna challenge you every day but you ain't gonna be in the streets 
You ain't gonna know about the streets because the street ain't good for nobody. And to all these youths, man, I work with youths now. And I tell youths all the time, like, yo, bro, your environment is everything because your environment is it's basically raises you nowadays. People think, like Juice said, like people think it's cool to live that life and be in the hood and be all gang and be about that, but bro, like. It's not like there's more to life than just being in the hood. It's more to life than you know, guns and like weed and all that stuff. Like, it's not a life you want. It's not fun burying your friends, man. I buried a lot of my friends. It's not fun burying them. I've been to funerals. I've been to after after funerals, seen their moms cry. That's that's not fun. Well, how important was your support system for you getting you through those losses? Like, you know, your cousin, your mother. Like, how important were they? My support system was everything, man. My support system is still everything. Like those guys are there to this day, they're still there with me. Like my, my circle don't change. I got 10 friends I could call right now, they'll pick up the phone. You know what I mean? Like my support cast don't change. And I'm, I'm like that though. Like I like I like meeting new people and I like having new people around me, but having your main core group and your main core friends that you could depend on any any time, whatever time it is, whatever day it is, they, they will come through for you is amazing, man. So my support system is huge. How long will you say it took for you to actually say, you know what, I'm okay now? Like, I know you were saying, you know, you can talk to, you can talk about your, your story now, like 10 years later, but like how long at that time would you say it took for you to actually say, you know what, I'm okay now? It took me two years. No, it took me three years. Three years it took me. So until 18? When I was 18, that's when it took me. That I, that's when I finally overcame and I could talk about my mom's death. But yeah, it took a lot of work, man. It was, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and be like, hey, I, it took a lot of work, man. Like losing losing your parent is one of the is one of the hardest thing ever at a young age and at any age. Yeah, losing your parent is is difficult, man. So yeah, it took me it took me a lot. A lot of people don't know about a lot of people don't know about my story, man. I got a I got a crazy story, but everybody got a crazy story. It's not, it's not, right. That's that's I learned about. Everybody got a crazy story. It's like you can you can't dwell on the past and you can't dwell on your pain for too long, because if you keep doing that, the world's gonna eat you up alive, bro. And one thing I learned, I mean, I'll never forget, this NBA player once once told me one thing I'll, I'll never ever forget. And he's like, the most disrespectful thing in this world is time. Because no matter what happens in life, time keeps going and time doesn't stop. Time will always keep going. And once I heard that, I'm like, even right now, it's, it's 11.58. It's about, <laughs> in two minutes later, time is gonna keep going. No matter what time, time ain't gonna stop. So when I, once I learned that too, I'm like, yo, I can't, okay, I'm sad right now. I'm sad. All right. Meditate. Can okay, us get over it? Let's move on now. Let's not forget about it. Not, and one thing people do, people forget about it and show it on the rug. Let's, no, don't do that. Talk about it. What's bothering you? This is bothering you? Okay. That's going to be my daughter. Like my daughter, I'm going to be challenging every day. I'm going to be challenging her mind every single day. Every single day, I'm going to challenge my daughter's mind. So we're going we're gonna to have therapist conversation without, even, without her even knowing that we're having a whole therapy uh, session. Cause I'm gonna tell her, yo, you gotta come to me and be open with me. I'm gonna be your safe zone. Tell me what's bothering you. That's what, and that's what a lot of people that do mental health fail to do. They don't, they shove things under the rug and don't speak about it. Nah, man, speak about it. What's bothering you? Let people know what's going on in your life. Like even with Tejan, one time Tejan had a situation and I could see Tejan wasn't here. I knew Tejan wasn't there. And I'm like, I, I'm kind of a pro at this time. I'm looking at Tejan, I'm like, bro, I know you ain't here. And Tejan told me everything that happened. And then, he broke down. I mean, he told me this this what's going on. I'm not gonna speak one. I don't know if you're comfortably talking about it right now. No, you're fine. No, I'll just tell people. So basically what happened was um we had we had um 
uh, we were taking our, our team pictures that day. It was October 18th, which was some, also my it was also my it was also my brother's 20 2019. So my brother's 28th birthday. So I'm I come outside um residence about to go to the bus. Um, my brother calls him like hello. I'm like yeah, what's up? He's like um. So for those who don't know, so during reading week, like after we played our Montreal tournament, um, everyone went home, right? So when I came home, I found out that just as soon as I left, my grandmother had stage four breast cancer. So, and apparently my mom told me that she told coach, like coach Corey, and then that she told coach Corey to watch over me. So like coach Corey knew about this before I even knew about it because she didn't want me, she didn't want me to freak out, right? So, um, so yeah, so fast forward. So I come out the residence, my brother calls him like, hello. Um, he's like, um, yeah, she died. So, so I was like shook, right? So I got on the bus, got to athletic center, you know, I was putting on a jersey, about to take our pictures, you know, G comes up to me and then I just feel a fit. Like, I'm like, bro, I don't want to talk to nobody right now. I, I storm out the locker room. G comes and chases me down all the way to um, the athletic therapy office. Like, bro, bro, what's the problem? And then I told him, I don't want to talk about it. I said, bro, what's the problem? And then I told him that she died and then I just broke down. You know what I'm saying? In front of every, well, not in front of everybody, but like people were passing by. So, but like I just, yeah, like G said, I basically fell in his arms. Like I just broke down. So, that that was the story. That's what happened. So most, Tejan didn't want to speak about it, and not speaking about stuff. I'm telling you right now, would drive you insane. Like holding everything in. That's that's what causes real mental health, and like is holding everything and bottling it up because you're literally taking time bomb. Like Tejan, that day was a ticking time bomb. We went on one little thing, and it's gonna explode. And that's everybody that deals with mental health. There was one on one little thing that's gonna trigger them at any moment. And that's when people shove them under the rug. And I tell people, hey, if you're going to some, talk to talk to somebody. Like, let somebody know this is what's going on in my life. This is how I feel. What can I do? And then get help. There's so many therapists out there that are dope. Or even talk to someone that understands where you're going through. I got a lot of my friends that come to my house now, sit with me and tell me, yo, this is what I got going on. Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, yo, we just talk about it. All we do is have a conversation. Having a conversation goes a long, long way with mental health. And I feel like we don't, I'm happy now that people are coming out. Like, even celebrities are coming out and talking about it and saying, hey, I also went through mental health. I had, I had depression, I had anxieties. And they're talking about it. And that's a big conversation. I love that we're having a conversation about it now because we didn't have a conversation about mental health 10 years ago. That wasn't being spoken about. I didn't know what the heck mental health was. I didn't even know that my mom was suffering through depression and anxiety. I didn't know none of that stuff until I got older and I'm in the field and I understand, I understand more now. And I'm like, wow, this is real, man. And I remember talking about it in a previous episode about the stereotypes. You know, the society gives all these stereotypes saying, you know, the man to be strong and show no emotion to be made of stone. But, bro, like. Bro, that's BS, bro. bro. <laughs> it is. It is. For real. Coming from where I'm from, even my family, man, we went out. We weren't allowed to cry. We were not expressed We were not to cry. If you cry, you look like a little punk. Hey man, if you gotta cry, you cry, bro. I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna let my daughter know that. Hey, if you gotta cry in front of me, in front of your mom, you cry. I see my girl cry all the time. And I'm like, why are you crying? And I look at it, I'm like, okay, you know what? Why are you crying? And she tells me what's going on, and then we talk about it. Even with me, I this is my first year. I, I cried a lot this year. Before I couldn't cry. I had no tears. Now I'm, I'm not gonna cry, and I don't even feel like a punk about it. Because, bro, it's, it's it's emotions, bro. We're humans. We all have emotions. Like we literally, we literally all have emotions. Like, come on, man. Like, so it's like, don't hold nothing in. I talk to everybody. That, I'm gonna talk to everybody that, and whoever listens to this, and yo, don't hold nothing in. If you could, if you can learn one thing from this podcast, is like, express yourself. Don't be ashamed of expressing yourself, bro. 
man, woman, no matter what you are, express yourself. Let people know how you feel. You'll be all right. Would you say that's like the one message you want people to take away from your story, like what you just said, basically? That's the number one thing. Stop holding things in and stop shoving things on the rug. Like, deal with your problems. You know what I mean? I dealt with my problems. That's why I came out on the positive side of it, because I dealt with it. I didn't just shove it under the rug. I didn't just, uh, you know, my mom passed away and I didn't speak about it. No, I spoke about it. I went, I got professional help. I had a therapist. People think having a therapist make you crazy. What? Having a therapist is a, it's a mental coach. It's a life coach that's helping your mind and helping you understand things and maybe she's things in different perspective. That's not, that doesn't make you look crazy. So it's getting help and don't shove under the rug. That's the main thing. Do not shove anything under the rug. Like talk about it. Deal with your problems then and there. And don't get me wrong, your problem's not going to get solved right away, but if you're as long as you're dealing with it, it's like building your credit. <laughs> Every day you're building on something. You're building on something. You just keep building, keep building, keep building. Hey, right now my my mental my mental being is at 800. My my mental score now is at 800. I got a high mental I got a high mental score because I worked on this. This is this is 10 years worth of work that I kept working, working, and working, working on it, and I still work on it now because I don't want my daughter to ever see daddy stressed out, see mommy stressed out. I don't want my daughter to see that. I got a child now, man. I got to take care of. Now, what about the uh, issues with social media causing you know you know setting I, high standards and I hate social media. I hate it. I hate it. My daughter, I'm, I'm not going to post my daughter on social media for a while, man, because I just hate what social media brings because everybody has a voice now and everybody has an opinion and everybody's pro this, pro that, pro like, and some people, sometimes us humans, we don't want to hear someone's opinion. We just want to post something just to post. And it's, it's just, it's just what we want to express yourself. But now you can't even express yourself because somebody always got something negative to say about it. Mm-hmm. And it's another form of mental health because it's like you you kind of get insecure because you gotta live this fake life. Like social media is a fake life. Nobody shows their struggles on social media. People just shows their their, their glory days, their, their their positive things. Like I'm not gonna do that. Why? why, why? Like why? So social media it, it, it's good and bad at the same time because you go you could advertise your businesses. You can advertise. A lot of things, where you're going on, like even this podcast, this podcast for me, this is a huge platform for a lot of people, for a lot of nipples and athletes or anybody. It's a big platform, but that's what social media is great at. And social media is also bad at antagonizing people, making fun of people and judging. I, I just hate how social media mm-hmm. can judge and people could just flip the script right away from a single post. So. Yeah, so it's kind of more or less that it's the people who are the problem with the tool that's given to us exactly. and they're yeah I, I guess yeah bad people out there and that's yeah definitely kind of that's one thing i kind of would want to hide from yeah younger younger generations it's, sure. creepy. it's just creepy man it's really very creepy you got people screenshotting your, your pictures making a fake account about you like social media i don't know it, it's it's a weird world over there in the, in the social media it's a very weird world man mm-hmm. Jerice, man, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. We really appreciate it. So we're winding down this podcast. So now we're going to get to our quick hitters, quick hitter segment. So this is the part of the podcast where we ask our guests a question. You have to answer it as fast as possible. So Jason, you have the questions ready? Uh, one second. I'm pulling them up right now. Good. Right. I'm ready. Okay. Jerice, first question. Who is your favorite artist? Oh, Meek Mill. He's fact. Okay. Artist or song on repeat? A song on repeat? Or artist? Yeah. I'm really listening to right now, Bori, uh, 
It's called, uh, it's called Ain't It Funny How. The song's called Ain't It Funny. Okay. That's repeat for me. With me, Future and Meek Mill. That's my guy on board. All-time favorite album. All-time favorite album? Uh, ah, Nipsey's album. What's it called again? Ah, man. I'm born in marathon right now. I can't remember his album. This is last Victory Lab? Victory Lab. is my favorite album right now. Okay. I feel like I know this one, but it's our favorite athlete. Come on, man. LeBron. LeBron and Kobe. Okay. LeBron and Kobe. <laughs> Okay, team that annoys you the most or whose fans annoy you the most? So it could have been from any time you played or it could have been, or it could be a professional team. That annoy me the most? Yeah, whose fans annoy you the most or who team? I hate the guy. I just hate the Calta fans because they, they just know they're going to win. <laughs> they hate those guys, man. They, they know how good a team is and you know how they know they're going to win. So Calta fans. If you could spend a day with a famous person or anybody in your life, dead or alive, who would it be? I can spend, you know what's crazy? We had this conversation the other day. I'll spend one more day with my mom, man. I'll spend one more day with her, and I want to have just one person? Yeah. One day with my mom, man. I got so much question to ask her. Yeah. I'll be the one person I'll spend time with. This one's a personal one for me. So, Jerese, do you like pineapple on your pizza? <laughs> I don't my pizza. I don't even think pineapple should be on pizza. I feel like people, I don't even know how people eat pineapple on pizza. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how people do that, man. That's disgusting. Okay, I like that answer. Okay, this is another one that um, I have a feeling you know who does this between the two of us. Milk before the cereal or cereal before the milk? I think you do that, Jason. The milk You're before crazy. The- I'm the pro- I do it the proper way. What do you think the proper way is? You put the cereal first and then you put milk after. <laughs> uh, correct. That's the way I do it. That's the right way. Who, the- who does it the opposite way? Tajon. <laughs> Being weirdo, you pull, you pull a cup of cereal, you trying to get the cereal soggy. You trying to get the cereal soggy. That's disgusting, bro. Bro, come on. Bro. Who raised you, bro? Come on. <laughs> this guy gonna put the nut before this shit. That's crazy, man. Come on. Okay. Last show you binge watched. Last show I binge watched? Uh, it's called uh, Your Honor. On Netflix? No, it's on. Uh, I got, I got the box. I can stream everything. So, oh. It's a cool call, Your Honor. Amazing show. Yeah. That and Power. Power? Oh, Power looks good. I haven't seen it yet. She's in the new season. It's crazy. Crazy. I'm gonna check it. Okay, LeBron or Jordan? <sighs> I know what you're gonna say. Just say it. I gotta go with LeBron, man. I gotta go. You know why I'm gonna go with LeBron? Because I got to physically watch LeBron play. I didn't really get to see. I was born in 95 and I didn't watch the NBA till I was like, what, 99? And Bron, I gotta go with Bron. I see this guy do a, I call Bron Black Jesus. But, <laughs> I was called uh, Michael Black Jesus, but hey, I like, I like Bron. What's one skill you wish you were good at? One skill? Yeah. I wish I could sing. Same. I Man, wish I could so sing. many people have been saying that. Bro, if I could sing, what? If I Come could, on, man. If I could sing, bro, oh, man. I wish I could sing, bro. Same, bro. Anything else, anything, anything else you, can really, you can learn how to do. But singing, you can't learn how to I mean, you can, but hey. Okay, I'm going to ask two questions in this one. I'm going to ask one and then another, Tejon. So the first one is best point guard in the league. Best point guard in the league? Oh, man. Got to go with that guy, Kyrie, man. Okay, that's okay. That's unique. Right now, he's then, different. Second question or switching up sports because I've uh, heard you're into the MMA world. 
who would you say is the best pound for pound fighter in the UFC? So there's different there's different categories, there's different weight classes. But they're different weight class, but we're talking pound for pound in general oh. because Khabib oh. just took number one over John Jones, right? So then there's all that controversy of whoa. John Jones is that guy, man. John Jones, I, I love Conor McGregor because Conor McGregor is sick. Yeah. Pound for pound, the best. John Jones, man. John Jones, okay, I respect that. I respect that. Okay. All time funniest teammate. All time funniest teammate. Man, that's a hard one. Man. I got a lot of funny teammates. Talk about it all the time, man. It's between it's between Chief and, and uh, it's between Chief and, and, and Danny or David. You know, Chief is hilarious, though. I'd probably be Chief. <laughs> hilarious, man. Okay, so this one kind of some people have issue understanding it, but we're, we're saying alternate reality, okay? Okay. Same world, just different juries, okay? Uh, what would you be doing if you weren't playing basketball? Like you had a different lifeline. What would you be doing? I'll be a therapist. Therapist? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll be a therapist because I'm doing it right now. It was my new job, so I like it. Okay. I'll be a therapist. Final question, and I really want to hear your answer on this. If you could make a soundtrack of your life, what three songs are you using? A soundtrack of my life? Oh, Lee, bro, this is crazy. Grinding All My Life by Nipsey Hussle. Same. Uh, Meek Anthem, what's the song called again? Meek Anthem, yeah, uh, hold on. Y'all thought I was finished? Oh, Dreams and Nightmares. Uh, Dreams and Nightmares, and um, I gotta have a, I gotta have a slow song, because I'm an R&B dude. <laughs> I gotta have a slow song. Wow, last song, I don't know where. Uh, I don't know. Last, I don't know, an R&B, what, what R&B song I would listen to? All right, you put me on an R&B song last year. I don't know if you know this, but you put me on "Best of Me" by Tyrese. That song is fire. Yeah, Tyrese, Tyrese is a legend. That song is fire. Even MCU, Justin, Justin Jeremiah. Oh, that's a good song too. If that's considered R&B. Which one? Uh, into you. You know that one? Cause I'm so into you. You know that one? Yeah. <laughs> right now, right, right now, my song right now, R&B. I gotta pick the soundtrack. It'll be, it'll be Sean Mendes and Justin Bieber. A lot of people are gonna laugh at me for this, but I don't give a damn. I don't care That boy, fire. You ever heard a song called Monster? By who? Which one? By who? Monster. By who? This song. It's a uh, Justin Bieber and Shawn Mendes. Listen to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Shawn Mendes. Shawn Mendes Never is heard that. Never bro, heard he's, that. He's from Pickering. He's not that far. He's not that far from me, bro. Tell me I'm the best. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's like, nah, my favorite song from Shawn Mendes, I don't care, is Mercy. Mercy is a good song, though. That song, yeah. Mercy and that's what I'm saying. Song. If I could sing, I'm singing that song. Mercy is a good song. But yeah, I answered this question last week, so I'll, I'll tell you mine. I said, grind on my life. I had I had four. So grinding on my life. Started from the bottom. Mm. My Moment by DJ Drama. We should make me two chains. And then Unjudge Me by Cowboy. And Money by Gil. That's a big song right there. Which one? Uh, my Moment. Yeah, I love that song. You know, my moment. Yeah, yeah. That's a big yeah. song. Yeah, because it just describes, yo, I'm going through stuff, but hey, my moment's coming, so perfect song for me. Man, yeah, yeah, because when that moment comes, you got to break those doors, man. Break down those exactly. I love that song. Well, you know, that's a big song. I like that song, dude. That's a big, that's a big, big song. That's how I love mm-hmm. it. But anyways, man, that's all the time we have. So, Jerese, 
Thank you so much for coming. Man, we had a lot of fun with this one, man. For real, man. Definitely number one. <laughs> hey, man, I told you it's going to be number one. Make sure y'all don't edit nothing neither. <laughs> not include unlimited. What? The, the meeting has been upgraded by the host and not include the unlimited minutes. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, man. Don't edit nothing. I want everything. Add everything in it. I'm raw. I'm scripted. That's just who I am. I just, I just always keep it real. So don't edit nothing. <laughs> I appreciate y'all boys. I'm going to go check out my daughter. She's doing And that's a wrap on another edition of the Lakers Locker Room. You can catch the video of this interview on YouTube and listen to the full interview on all podcast streaming platforms. Peace. <laughs>